Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hi, Em. Good week for Watch What Happens Live amazing episodes and incredible guest. Honestly, Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers, dare I say, was the best episode of Watch What Happens Live that has ever aired. Marlo controlling Andy Cohen's vibrating panties. No, 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 no. (laughs) You couldn't write that shit. You really couldn't. I think Andy would agree with us. Like, I think he would say, wow, I had a fucking killer week of episodes. I agree. And that's always what's fun because Andy is the type of host where you can really see whatever he's feeling right on his face. He doesn't try to conceal it. I mean, we see that the most probably at the reunions, but I would say that we see it a lot on Watch What Happens. And so just to see his genuine joy this week was really fun. And also he accidentally outed Kyle for having a breast reduction. Yes. And you could tell that was like a holy shit moment, which ended up being totally fine. I mean, in the scheme of things to reveal, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I think he genuinely 100,000% thought that she had made it public knowledge. Yeah. I think he's just so comfortable with Kyle. Like even he said, like we text all the time and they talk because, you know, he tries to hide it, I think just because of the politics of it all, but he is really good friends with Kyle. So Beverly Hills, Atlanta and Dubai this week. How do you feel about starting with Beverly Hills? I feel um, good about Beverly Hills because I think I have a lot to say, but also not that much, you know, like when that happens. (laughs) Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, this is kind of, I think, the smartest way to start it because last week we were talking about the Crystal Sutton back and forth. And I think I literally said, I feel slightly uncomfortable discussing this because it's possible that something later down the line could come out and we would all look kind of stupid for coming down so hard on Crystal. At the same time, you can only operate with the facts that you have. And this week, nothing else came out additionally on the show, but I just want to bring this to anyone's attention in case you didn't see it. I didn't see the original TikTok with my own two eyes. I believe it was deleted, but I've seen it everywhere. And basically, there was this girl by the name of Alyssa Kim that posted a TikTok that said, 
Me when I cut off my high school BFF of five years because her mom was racist to me and now she's a real housewife getting called out for her being racist and her response is, my white daughter had a Chinese friend on TV. And her caption is, I'm not Chinese, hashtag Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So I recognize that feels like a separate thing from what Crystal was potentially referring to, but it does feel relevant to mention. Yeah. And the point that you made to me, which I think is the most important, is like that can be true, but also it can be true that Sutton didn't maybe say something to Crystal that was super offensive. But just I feel like people coming out of the woodworks who are in your real life and this girl, I think there's evidence, was friends with Sutton's daughter is a little bit like you are who you are. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, again, don't know any more details than that one TikTok that was deleted, but obviously it's not an acceptable way to make anybody feel that way, specifically somebody who's coming into your home who's friends with your daughter. And I'm sorry that that girl felt that way at all. So I just, I know it's kind of not necessarily what was happening on the episode, but I feel like we would be remiss to not mention it, don't you? Yeah, no, it's a it's an important piece of information and also just a building block of these characters. Like we only see an hour a week of them and know what we know. Obviously, people dig things up, but characters in your life that you've wronged or have done right by will come out and tell the audience more. Totally, totally. And I guess in terms of the actual episode, the first thing I want to start out by saying is splitting up the group with Lisa, Erica, Diana, Crystal, and then Kyle, Sutton, Dari, Garcelle was so important in order to move along these storylines because not only did we get to see the actual conversations that were happening, but also getting to watch the way the side players were interacting, specifically Erica, was very telling. I mean, this isn't the producer's first rodeo. They know that the only way you can talk shit is if you're not sitting at the same table. If they just all did group activities all the time, they would have like one little hour during when they rest and shower hour to talk shit, and then they get to another group dinner. It's never going to work. You got to break up. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like that's true on real trips too. Like sometimes you need a little bit of levity away from the other half to sort of regroup and get everyone's perspective on things. But we need to immediately talk about Erica's behavior this episode because I I think it was like the craziest, most transparent and shocking thing that I could ever I, – I actually don't even know what to say. If you would like to begin and let, give me a platform for my thoughts, I would love that. <laughs> I mean, I am on your page. I cannot promise any eloquence because to me, she was just really a parody of herself, quite yes. honestly. And and I, I think the thing that I was so taken by is how obvious she's making it. Yes. There's no like there's no tact. It's like it was laughable. It was laughable. It's like, we get it. You absolutely fucking hate Sutton. And that is totally fine. I get it. For whatever reason, you feel like you are being vindicated or want to be vindicated by what she put you through last season. I can go as far as to see it through your eyes. Where you immediately lose me is the way you insert yourself in such an inauthentic way. Like, I I can't pretend to even slightly be on board. Like, did she think that people wouldn't see right through this? All of a sudden, she's like this mushy, understanding, like backing Crystal up, like as if Crystal is uh, Mikey Minden, honestly. Like that is the only person I would feel acceptable for her to act that way about. But she took Crystal under her wing and was consoling her and firing her up in a way that I've never seen before. 
And it was so like, who is this person? And it was just so clear from the moment she opened her mouth on the beach when Crystal started getting upset that this was not about being a good friend to Crystal and supporting her. This was about, I fucking hate Sutton. And now I have a common enemy and also someone who now has a problem with Sutton and, you know, let her be on my team. Crystal in this vulnerable state you know, she's eating it up and I don't blame her. She needed a shoulder to cry on. She needed someone to pet her hair and tell her everything was going to be okay and you have to stand up for yourself or whatever. But honestly, seeing Erica like that made me uncomfortable. Okay. But here's the thing. If you're Erica and you even will go as far as to think that you are going to convince the audience that really you were authentically there for Crystal, Mm -hmm. how then Two hours later, when you are on FaceTime with Kyle and she's going to ask you what went down, you can't even regurgitate one thing because you are so honest about showing how you were not paying even the slightest bit of attention to when Crystal was crying. Like, if you're Erica and you're trying to commit to this comforting, therapeutic role, at least <laughs> respond when Kyle asks. Like, she could not have shown her cards more clearly. She's getting glam in her robe, being like, quite honestly, I don't know what the fuck she said, which for Rinna, Honestly, it felt more fair because Rinna wasn't babying Crystal in the same way. A little bit. She was feeding into it a little bit. But I mean, Erica was holding her. We have never seen Erica hold anything other than like a Cartier ring like that. <laughs> she couldn't even commit to the bit. That's, That's the thing. <laughs> like she couldn't even like follow through. And you would think Erica's really calculated and she thinks through everything and she she's manipulative and she has that in her. So she put it on and she was really hamming it up for Crystal and then again at the dinner table. But then here they are. And not only is she not saying I can't remember, they're just like laughing it off together like, oh, she was just crying and crying and crying. Oh, my. Wait, I have to just while we're on the Erica topic of how annoying she is. Not only was have we been talking about Garcelle being the MVP and we saw in the preview Garcelle saying like, Erica, you're annoying the fuck out of me. And I wish I could just have a button that said that, that I pushed throughout the entirety of this episode. And even more annoying to me than when she was being fake and consoling Crystal was then later at the dinner table. I know we're jumping around when the girls come back from the bathroom. They're not even sitting yet. Sutton comes back and she says, Diane, you made Diana cry. I honestly, not only was I mad just for everybody, but even for Diana, who literally had said to them, like, let's not make a big deal. I'm just upset. Like, move on. You know, sometimes when everyone starts, like, giving you attention and looking at you, you cry more. When Erica fucking said that, I actually wanted someone to be like, are you kidding? I know. But that's the thing. That is the clearest example about how she is not genuinely in it for anyone else's emotions. Everything here is almost like a pawn in her game. And Mm -hmm. what was so embarrassing about that, honestly, in addition to the obviousness of it, was maybe 10 seconds before is the confessional of Diana actually praising Erica, saying, you know, Erica's a straight shooter. She doesn't mince her words. And I really like that. And then we cut back immediately to the scene where she says, please, no one talk about it. Sutton sits down, Erica, she was crying. I'm like, if I'm Diana, I'm like, I just gave you a fucking compliment. It reminded me of like when toddlers do something bad, like two toddlers, and then uh, their mom comes in the room and they're like, Emma ate the brownie. It's like, no, like, can you relax? Like it's enough. Like they will figure out that Sutton made Diana upset and that will do everything it needs to do on its own. You know, it is another strike in Sutton's box. You don't need to be so embarrassing and be like, look what you did. Ha ha. See, you're upsetting everyone at the table. I don't even know how I felt. I was like, no, get me out of here. 
It was it was slightly comedic, honestly. I mean, you, yes. you have to laugh because if you don't laugh, you're going to cringe. But I think the, the thing for me is like I I genuinely, even if I disagree with Erica, of course, if I'm her, I'm going to hate Sutton too. Don't get me wrong. Do, mm-hmm. do I think that she's correct? No. But do I understand her upset? Yes, of course. When you genuinely think that somebody treated you in a way that was totally unfair, of course you're going to dislike them. So of course she dislikes Sutton. But to me, in the process of trying to take down Sutton, she's actually she's actually not doing herself any favors with the rest of the women because they so quickly re- will realize, I should say, how inauthentic she was being. I know. And you said this to me when we were discussing, like, yeah, all of this to say, I still enjoy having Erica around because she's fucking fascinating. And she is a caricature of herself now. At this point, it's like... I used to be rich and, you know, haha. Like my husband used to grade the bar. Like everything's just like a funny haha laugh joke. And it's not funny. And she's just going so over above and beyond. Like I feel like she's like a method actor who's trying to play Erica Jane. And it's just, I don't know. It, it's just not working for me. And I do love her friendship with Rena. I'll say that because it it is authentic and they love each other. But something about this trip, she's really, really irking me. Well, I think also, just to be quite honest, I don't think she's in her most stable form at the moment. You know, clearly, oh, no, no. Right. As much as she's trying to pretend that everything's behind her, it's not. She's still in the midst of a lot of shit that is clearly unfolding while this is all being filmed. What's happening for her is when it comes to the Sutton scenes or the moments when she feels that Sutton can be put on blast, I genuinely feel like she's running on pure adrenaline. She's not thinking strategy. She's not thinking tact. She's not thinking emotional intelligence partially because she's not necessarily the most capable of possessing the emotional intelligence to have in these situations, but it's just pure adrenaline, fight or flight, like, I'm going to fuck this woman up. And God, is it chaotic. I mean, Garcelle, I know we've said every episode, like, woman of the people, but truly woman of the people when she sits there in, by the way, one of the most gorgeous looks I've ever seen on any housewife ever in that orange dress with her hair in that bun and that flower. I mean, she's a fucking supermodel and she just looks directly at erica and says you are bugging the shit out of me it's like praise (laughs) jesus no someone had to say it you're right erica can't help herself and everything about her right now is like she just can't help herself so i know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. 
Yeah, it's 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 a lot. I mean, I know we are truly jumping all over the place, but I, I jump, feel like baby, that. Jump, jump. Yeah, no, it's fine. That Erica acknowledgement was too necessary to not. But I want to go back to shopping for a second with the other half of the group. I love okay? this contrast back and forth because we saw Erica ask Crystal, how do you feel about last night? And then we saw the other girls ask Sutton, how do you feel about last night? And to like ping pong back and forth and see both of their takes on it at the same time, like for my brain was was good. Yes. And also, just as a complete side note, there really are two types of people in this world, those who would choose to go surfing and those who would choose to go shopping. And let me tell you, any day of the week, I am on the shopping crew. Obviously, we would be fucking up that shop. I love that kind of vibe. Like, just I'm sure there were a lot of beautiful linens. Very, very – Yeah. Let me tell you guys something really quick. You've never seen Emma and I in a beach shop. (laughs) It is a sight. So if you own a store and it's literally one to two miles from the ocean, just give us a call. Yeah, seriously. We fucked up those beach shots like Delray Beach has never seen. If there is a a linen pant or tunic to be bought, you better believe we will be leaving with it anywhere in the world that we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I have to say that one of my biggest takeaways from not only this episode, but then also the continuation of Kyle on Watch What Happens and an interview that Garcelle said, I'm not sure exactly where it was, is that something I've really struggled with, or I guess I really should say I struggled with last season, is that Garcelle came in and she was pretty off the bat one of my favorites. I just adore this woman and I've continued to adore her. My adoration has not faded in the slightest. And like I said, I find her to be so rational, so level-headed, and it has an ability to communicate that I think every other woman in this group lacks. That being said, I also adore Kyle, which I know can be an unpopular opinion. I know some people dislike her. I really like Kyle. I always have. And last year when they had their issue, it wasn't a fun spot to be in when your two favorites are kind of going up at bat. And even again, earlier this year, there was that little spat because Garcelle had said on Watch What Happens that she was closer with Kathy. Kyle didn't like that. Anyway, all of that to say... We're now at the point where Kyle and Garcelle seem to be very much on the same side of history in terms of their fr- their current frustration with Crystal. And it's not that I necessarily entirely agree. Like, I don't know Crystal in the way to be frustrated by her that they are. But it's nice for them to be on the same page. Thank God. Because I do think for a lot of reasons, they see things similarly. And it's so nice when it's like, oh. You're agreeing with my point. I'm agreeing with your point. Like, yes, exactly. That was what I was trying to say. And personally, like what you just said, when your faves are getting along, it's just it's much easier to just like, okay, what what are they saying? Especially when we're in these fucking confusing ass situations where everyone's talking in circles about something that we don't know or that nobody heard. Like Danny Pellegrino tweeted this week, it's so hard to watch the women fight about something that we don't no, like we had, we weren't in on it. So it's like we're taking notes and we're just pulling things from like little bits that they're saying and it's confusing. So then to have sort of the people that you quote trust be on the same side and look to them as your North Star of like, okay, what what are they talking about here? It makes my viewing experience a lot easier. I love having a lot of characters that I don't agree with because that's obviously why the show is interesting. But personally, it's a relief. Very much a relief. Also, just on the Diana of it all for a second, is that okay with you if I switch to that? Of course it is. <laughs> okay. 
I would say that what I saw on the internet is that the trend kind of continued from last week of people not necessarily loving her in this group dynamic. And I think for me, my stance is the same of last week where I don't think she necessarily is her best in the group. I still like watching her as a solo act just because I find the extravagance as a form of escapism. But in terms of the issue with Sutton, I kind of felt like they both handled it terribly. Diana is full of shit when she says she was trying to defuse the situation. Like, that's not what's happening. You don't like Sutton and you were trying to stick up for Crystal, which is totally fine as long as you say that. Don't try to come in like this hero that's trying to defuse it when that's not the case. I also think Sutton was slightly more aggressive with her than needed and didn't necessarily handle that in the best way. It was a little bit uncalled for. I know that's not the popular opinion and most people think that Sutton hands it 100% correct, but <laughs> I don't know. I felt like they both were shitty. What do you think? I just think it was such a weird situation. You're right. I think Diana like looks down on Sutton and doesn't like her, doesn't like the way she speaks and doesn't like her attitude. And I think Sutton is like, why are you getting involved? So then both of them going at each other when Sutton was already on a level 10, Diana's clearly in a vulnerable place. And also like this is her first girl's trip dinner on a housewife's trip. It's a little scary. Um, it, it was just honestly weird. It was like such a weird turn for this whole thing to take was like now diana and Sutton are yelling at each other weird like just a weird dinner and again garcelle our fucking girl and even kyle and dorit staying completely uninvolved sitting in the corner eating their dinner and just being like aren't we supposed to be having fun i just miss when they would all have fun like just go to dinner i i get it we want them to fight we want there to be drama we want we like the lawsuits and the jail and blah 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 fine once in a blue moon throw it in I want to just see you stay in the most gorgeous villa and like get drunk and be silly and have fun and actually be friends once once every couple episodes at least. Yeah, I mean, that is the high. But hold on. One other thing about that moment for a second between Sutton and Diana. Remember there was a preview, I think it was in the season trailer, where Diana says something to the effect of like, I know you were looking for a villain and you got it. Like, I'm fine to take that role. Yeah. So clearly what we're building towards is some issue with them because from day one, Diana was not a fan of Sutton. I don't necessarily think it was true in the reverse. I actually think that when Diana initially came on the scene, Sutton respected her. I think Mm -hmm. she views her almost like as a society woman. And I, I would actually go as far as to say she respects her more than she respects some of the other women on the cast, or at least respected. But Diana just had a sour taste about Sutton from the from the jump. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I can't help but describe it as looking down upon her. But I think Diana seems like very just sort of like strong in her beliefs and not like I can't get the word clumsy out of my head because Diana seems so unclumsy and Sutton is very clumsy and, you know, twisted and has high and low emotions and all of that. And Diana sort of seems the opposite. Clearly, she gravitates towards someone more like Erica. And I think she was just sort of turned off by Sutton's way of being and not really by anything that she did or said and just, you know, met her and was like, eh, she's not my kind of people and I'm not really down for her. Right. I think another takeaway that I had from this episode is that if I had to generalize, which is really hard to do because everything in all of these shows is so specific, but if I really had to generalize the one characteristic of a housewife that will probably make me have a bad taste in my mouth about them the most is being condescending because something happened last week and something happened this week with two separate people that I really disliked. Last week, it was when Crystal said to Garcelle, I know those are big words. I fucking hated that. Like immediately, no. And then this week, 
I hated the way that Sutton was pretty much making Crystal repeat after her. Like, even if you can understand her frustration, I did find it to be slightly condescending and demeaning, which I recognize the counter argument is she was just trying to get her point across because she was tired of this character assassination, which whether or not that was a fair one or not, I I did not like it. I I felt it to be, um, I I don't know, just slightly condescending, I guess, in in tone. You can fight and be fair, but you don't need to make people feel so much lesser than when it's it's not you're all there same group you still have to have respect for each other so i get it it's annoying wait you know we never even spoke about what this 14 friend revelation with crystal well it's funny you say that because i'm currently editing a comment where um housewives haikus posted they write really funny haikus about the housewives um a photo of crystal and they said Losing 14 friends, if your friend group is that large, edits were needed. And Crystal wrote, they say as you get older, your circle gets smaller, and I'm so grateful. Look, what I'll say is, honestly, weird comparison, not at all similar. But like we said before, when we get information from like the outside world and their lives before Housewives and what other people are saying or other similar experiences they've gone through – it doesn't directly relate to this situation, but I think they all felt like, oh, we've heard how Crystal is as a friend. And clearly this like big group of women who they all have mutual friends through dropped Crystal or they separated in some way. Crystal maybe dropped them and that there were a lot of issues and that the issues seem to be similar to what's going on here. So it's annoying because we obviously don't know the other women saying this. We don't know the like logistics of the other situation. But if I'm Crystal, I'm so sad and pissed because like that probably is really painful for her. And also like Kyle saying, I knew about this, but I would never bring it up. They were probably just waiting to see, you know, they have this info in the back of their mind. And as soon as Crystal started exhibiting this behavior, it's like, oh, there's what everyone was talking about. And you can't help it, but that's kind of the truth. And I just thought them bringing that this out now was like an interesting sort of ploy and also a way to shut Crystal up to be like, well, we've also heard you've done this before, so you you really have no defense now. Like, this is just who you are. Right. And it was Kyle and Renna that both, I think, said that in their confessional of like, yeah, yeah. we heard it, but we weren't going to say it. I don't know. I understand if I'm Sutton why it's relevant and, you know, she feels like you're playing dirty, so I'm going to play dirty. I I didn't love it. I didn't no. necessarily love it. I don't know if I would call it transferable, but I also think that when you are feel like your back is against the wall, you're going to pull out any stop. So I don't blame her, but I felt for Crystal in that moment because, like you said, it's painful. Even if, even if, like she said in this Housewife Haiku comment, which are you literally formatting like as we speak? Yeah. I'm oh. keep talking while I do. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> I just didn't know. Uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm, even even to her point that she said in that comment, apparently, like it was for the better. Still, you know, no matter how old you are, a friend breakup is is painful. So, right. I don't know. That's the thing. I, I agree and disagree with the way that pretty much everyone handles everything. So that's why it's really hard to like stand <laughs> someone, you know? That's sort of just the name of the game, I guess. I know. I know. I guess the one other thing to mention, just going back to the Kyle and Garcelle of it all, is they both really feel that Crystal kind of over-exaggerates some of the aspects of the way she handles things as a way to gain sympathy and almost really play the victim card. And I think that Kyle doubled down on that on Watch What Happens, which is interesting to hear them both say that specifically Garcelle, because 
we saw that, you know, they were seemingly so close towards the beginning of this season. Well, what I thought was like interesting when they broke it down was they felt that she was willing to throw Sutton under the bus to save herself. And that's like the whole issue here. And she was willing to say something really bad about Sutton to Garcelle in a way of defending herself to make herself look better and how quickly she was able to do that and almost to keep her image good in the eyes of Garcelle and the other women. And I guess clearly that aligns with the other shit that they've heard about her, but their perspectives were I think the most trustworthy at the table, especially then when Kyle added on to that and said, I've also heard these rumors. So she really had like a 360 understanding of what the fuck was going on here. I know. I still, though, would like to mention, as I said last week and as I said in the beginning of this episode, and I really truly stand by this, I would be very surprised if Sutton had said something on camera that it's still not seen the light of day because I just don't foresee the Bravo producers holding something off for this long. That being said, that being said, I will never feel comfortable saying that Crystal is lying. I didn't hear it. How the fuck are we supposed to know, especially when it's something that sensitive? Of course. But I think, let's say, for argument's sake, either way, let's say she never said something, which obviously would be worse if Crystal's lying. But let's say Sutton did say something really bad. Even then, Crystal bringing it up in this way that she did a year later and in a way of almost defending herself and trying to explain like why she would go there with this is still like a bad, untrustworthy friend move. You know, like even if it was bad, like if she's mended her relationship with Sutton and they've had conversations and been hanging out and made it right to go back like to uh, on this in front of to Garcelle in order to defend yourself, still a shitty thing to do as a friend. Well, that's why I said last week, if she was coming at it from the perspective of like, this was really upsetting to me. I said that I was over it, but I'm not. And I really want to talk it through because it it was very triggering for me. That I have so much respect for. Like no matter what, if you're offended by something, even if you work past it, you're allowed to re-bring it up in a way that's like meant to be therapeutic and you want to, you know, re-explain to someone why that was hurtful. A thousand million percent, I'm there with you. But it just didn't seem like that's what she was doing. She she didn't use it as like a way to say, I'm upset by this still. It was, it was, really like a strategic move and I think that's where the issue arose right exactly right yeah I don't know good episode though definitely good episode wow I thought we wouldn't have a lot to say and here we are half an hour later well we talk about literally anything that's true we also have been talking the entire day about none of this so somehow we've been talking since 7 30 a.m this morning when I was watching Kardashians and still still 7 30 every day until 2 a.m Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, let's go to Atlanta. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over-the-counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid-free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 
30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing and itchy nose due to allergies. I know the best part about Atlanta this week. What? That we did not have to deal with Ralph once. You're right. It did feel really nice, like a walk in the park. You were probably wondering why it felt so nice and you couldn't pinpoint <laughs> it, right? <laughs> I thought it felt so nice because we got to see a full Fendi boutique come to life in Marlowe's living room. Also great. I mean, also major points. You know, it's really interesting how the tides are kind of shifting here because the Marlowe and Candy stuff, I'm telling you, is going to manifest into something real. I had seen like a, a clip that I can't even remember where of a current red carpet that Candy was on where she was talking about the Marlowe feud and it was like significantly more real. Clearly, there's like legitimate frustration behind it. But mm-hmm. also this Kenyan Drew thing, like just two things that were not on my bingo card necessarily. No, not at all. This whole like dynamic of the group is really – I think not set in stone, you know, like I think everyone is really down to like either get close with one another or completely break things off. Like, I don't feel like anyone is super, super solid. I think that I would agree with that. And I know some people feel like Marlo's intentions with Sheree were not super genuine because her ulterior motive was to kind of like buddy up with her, which could be true. But I do also think that when she's sitting down with Sheree and she's like, I want you to recognize your worth, that that did come from a real place. But that's also because I'm such a Marlo fan that maybe I'm viewing things incorrectly. I just think Marlo has really proved that, yeah, she can like fight dirty. She can be as shady as anyone. But at the end of the day, she's a fucking amazing friend. Like she is there for you. Throwing Sheree this little party, like answering anyone's calls. I I just think she has such an empathetic side to her. I'm so glad we get to see more of her because when she didn't have a peach, I made this point in the first episode and it's only become more apparent. She only would pop up when it was like something going on. And that wasn't her fault. It was just like, if she has nothing interesting to say or she's not part of conflict, why are we going to give her airtime? But now we get to see her in the moments that maybe aren't level 100 and just hanging out and being who she is and being a good friend and making a cake for Sheree when she got stood up. And like, I just, I'm loving it. I feel that way too. I I really enjoy Marlo. And I also think that learning more about her background in the last few episodes and, you know, some of the trauma that she went through growing up, it does make more sense as to why she does have that very empathetic side to her. Yeah. I kind of, where do you stand on this? I feel like I'm not, uh, I feel like I'm not liking Sonia in the way that I had anticipated to. I don't – I think we started to feel this last week and it's only amped up more. We felt that she was just trying too hard. Like she was playing that housewives monopoly game that we really are sensitive to. Like I think she's a really cool woman. I just don't need you to like unnecessarily stir the pot. Like there's such a right and wrong way to stir the pot. And this is definitely the wrong way. Do you feel like that? I I don't know if I'm just sensitive to it. No, I I do. I can't exactly pinpoint it. I think maybe it's the way that everything went down with Drew, although it's not like I agree with everything that Drew does in the slightest. I mean, you know, it was kind of a really interesting moment that isn't specific to Atlanta, but I think that it highlighted something that we are starting to see much more of in recent seasons of Housewives. What? 
when Kenya and Candy show up at Sonia's photo shoot and they then find out in the moment that they're basically there because she wants them to model. And whether or not that was a genuine olive branch or it's because she's a businesswoman and she knows that they have large followings and she wants their exposure, which I I would have to imagine is pretty legitimate, which I can't blame her for. You know, Kenya in that moment basically says, wait a second, you're going to have to talk to my agent. And she ends up doing it. But the thing that we don't necessarily consider is that in the beginning seasons of Housewives, these business ventures or these activations, of course, everyone was willing to take part because they were all housewives and it was the thing that you do. And as everyone has gotten more famous and really become influencers in their own right and develop these large followings, they have to be sensitive with which brand deals they end up doing. So it's no longer just an activity where you're supporting your fellow housewives business. It's like, wait a second, this is something that I would ordinarily be getting paid for or may have a competitive sponsorship already in the works. This was slightly different, obviously. I don't think that wearing a few sweatshirts the same Ami Nation on it is making a big difference one way or another, but it is something that we would have never considered in the early seasons of Housewives. It's such a tangible difference. And also, I guess some of the like fun and initial sort of concept of Housewives were like, these were women who either had a business and it was like, you had to run it without social media, without being a housewife, or you were a stay-at-home mom and like the glamour of being like, you know, a woman who doesn't work, like both sides of that coin. And now there is no such thing as a woman who doesn't work on these shows because being a housewife is such a job. You have to be like a, a person, an entity. It gives you sort of this like career in your later half of your life, like even if you never worked. I mean, I was feeling that shift and nostalgia for the old episodes when I saw all the women in Beverly Hills turn up for the trip with like a team of three for glam. And it's like, I want to see what you really wear. Like when Jill Zarin's surprised the women on Scary Island and they were, you know, makeup free wearing whatever they picked out. And it was like about seeing who they authentically are. And I just... I really miss those days. I guess that's why we have Peacock to rewatch all of them. But still, it just... It sucks, kind of. I mean, completely unrelated, but just because you said Scary Island, it made me think of, I don't know what's been going on with my TikTok algorithm, but I am being fed, I would say, 90% OG New York Housewives content recently in terms of the Bravo stuff that I get, and I'm really nostalgic for it. Like, not to the point where I necessarily want to do a rewatch. I know you did that recently. It's just, I really think that if somebody said to me, you have one answer to this question, no exceptions. What is the best Bravo ever was? I think I would have to choose OG New York. I really do. It It is so fucking good. Bowen Yang recreating or playing the character of Kelly Ben Simone's Jelly Beans on Scary Island is the funniest niche humor that I could ever think of. I know. I know. <laughs> But anyway, sorry, back to this episode where we are really all over the place today. I love it. Yeah, I love it too, obviously. I want to talk about Kenya for a moment because it's it's so hard. I have moments where I am so team Kenya. And I think generally speaking, I'll always enjoy her as a housewife because I find her to be so entertaining. But then she does shit that just makes no sense to me. And it's like, if you're going to be in full glam, FaceTiming Marlo about how you can't come because you're sick. And then the next day you're going to show up to Sonia's cooking thing, also in full glam in a Balmain outfit. How do you not understand that Marlo's going to feel some type of way about it? Whether or not you're telling the truth, it's like, I don't know. It's just like I sometimes find that Kenya lacks that sensitivity. And honestly, specifically when it comes to Marlo, and maybe that comes from the fact that she feels so close to her that all bets are off. I know. 
I, I like didn't really understand how they were not communicating correctly about this fight, right? Like I didn't understand the discrepancy here. No, I know. It was just kind of bizarre. I mean, then Sheree got pissed. That, yeah, I was not expecting Sheree to get pissed. Well, because to me, I don't think – in my mind, I was like, Sheree doesn't give a shit whether or not Kenya's there for her night at Marla's. I actually feel like she maybe would have preferred her not to be because it was almost sweet how intimate it was. Yeah. No, I know. It was like – I guess just like the idea that that happened. Like she didn't even know about it, you know? It wasn't like she didn't show up for something Sheree invited her to, but I think just the – hearing of how it went down and like how she was prioritized because at the end of the day it was about her really hurt her feelings but also like Kenya's explanation made a lot of sense to me you also have to remember that where Sheree is coming from in this moment is like she is already feeling so rejected by Tyrone and even though she can like objectively understand that he was the wrong one in the situation and it's not a reflection of her she's already very vulnerable by that and she's hypersensitive to embarrassment and so anything that anyone did that week is probably going to hit a lot harder than it would if she wasn't dealing with this yeah for sure yeah and going off of that just about Sheree for a second I kind of appreciated as much as I wanted to shake her and be like no you deserve so much better I can appreciate someone's honesty and saying Listen, he's blocked right now. I'm not going to say he's going to be blocked forever. Not because I want that for her. I totally agree she can and will do one million times better than Tyrone. But I'd rather have someone say that than say, no, I'm done. I'm never looking back. And it's like, no, I want you to feel like you can confide in your friends and it doesn't make you weak for wavering. Yeah, like almost like when Tristan cheated on Chloe like the first or second time when it wasn't like so bad. I mean, it was still fucking terrible, but it was like, okay, we know we could say all this until like we're blue in the face, but you're probably going to get back together with him. And I wish you would have just said, listen, I'm taking this all to heart. I'm going to work on myself, but I'm probably going to get back together with him. Sheree, I'd rather someone be honest because you can just nod along and say, yeah, like I'm so empowered. I could do better. Fuck him. But no, I mean, most of the time, it just somehow ends up like getting back to where it was. So I just love Sheree and I just feel so bad. And seeing those little photos of her makes me really sad. And like her daughter giving her the pep talk, it's just all, I don't know. I'm glad they got her out of the house and she got $11,000 worth of Fendi and a massage and a therapy session with Marlo because honestly, I think that's what everybody needs after something like that. Totally. Although I, I wouldn't want to be leaving Chateau Sheree. I mean, every time I'm inside that house, I'm like, you know what? It was worth the goddamn wait. <laughs> totally okay let's go to dubai doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you and for me i'd say generally speaking my hair is pretty easy to manage but it does get frizzy i have a lot of split ends so i'm always looking for things to manage the frizz and recently i've been into a new product from way it's their anti-frizz cream so it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. I'm loving Ion. I think she's my top. She's so funny. Honestly, the moments where she's not trying to be funny or even funnier, when she was like going on that rant in her confessional, like, I didn't even get up to pee yet about the text. She's she's iconic. Really, she's really, really nailing this. And I honestly think this is such a strong cast. Somebody tweeted this, and I'll find it and put it in our description, that you know it's a strong cast when Caroline Stanberry is like, a little bit fading into the background because she, I mean, you guys know if you listen how I feel about Caroline Sanbury and Ladies of London, the best show of all time. I die for her. And I agree. Like she's an amazing housewife, amazing cast member, but there are stronger women on this cast and also stronger plot points at this moment. So that's when you fucking know. Again, I love this journey for you and I wish that I could relate to it more. Like, no, I really do because I was thinking like, what is similar? What is a situation on Bravo where I've seen someone on one show, absolutely adored them, and then they kill it on a completely unrelated show that I didn't even know was going to be a show? I can't think of one off the top of my head. I would say that it's pretty rare. It's not like we're going from a summer house to a winter house situation. Like this is two very different things. One of the shows doesn't even exist anymore. So how cool that you get to see this person that you really adore in two entirely different settings. Yeah, it's the best thing ever, truly. Like, I cannot explain this enough. If you haven't watched Ladies of London, three seasons on Peacock, it will literally change your life. (laughs) I know Nina loves French fries, but she could have been a little kinder when asking for them, don't you think? I mean, it's not your event. Just relax. Like, I get it. It's cute. It's a funny shtick, but like, Oh, there's a, they have other they have other fish to fry. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It felt it felt <laughs> just interesting. This thing with Caroline Brooks saying that Ion, you know, didn't matter to Caroline Stanberry, and that it was actually her who said it. Like, it was all such a silly mis- miscommunication. And I'm glad that brooks was able to own it in that moment and it almost like cleared it up because it could have been it was like why did you say that and she's like no it was just banter and they honestly understood it and it was like it was no plot point but i think caroline not showing up to lisa's fashion show which is clearly a really big deal to her and a big production and also ayan had worked on it with her is going to be a big drama point Yeah. And, you know, I can't say that I don't understand that. Like, I know in a lot of these things, we feel like people are over-exaggerating for being upset at someone not attending. And I do get that. I think a lot of the time, you know, sometimes people can't make it and that's totally fine. But I do think there's something different when someone works so hard on something. It clearly is a big deal. It's not some small thing. I mean, clearly this really is a, a large event in Dubai. And, you know, it can't be lost on the person not showing up how intentional that may feel whether or not it is. That's all. Did you see the note I wrote about Sarah's photo shoot? <laughs> oh, are her and this photographer going to fuck or what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, wow, your tattoos are amazing. And she's like, you're the best in the business. I'm like, okay, the sexual tension between Sarah and this photographer is like really real. She's 
I have to imagine I've obviously never been with her in person, but she seems like the type of person, just hear me out on this, okay? Different, different, but in a small way, slightly similar to Julia from Miami vibes in terms of just like this this personality and aura that is probably not only disarming, but like alluring. Yeah, like really captivating. Right, like kind of sexy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really yeah. like her. I really, really am liking her. Yeah. Can I tell you one last thought I have about Dubai? Yeah, of course. It's actually a thought about housewives overall. They go through these like phases. Actually, this isn't even a phase. I am so over the M sculpt scenes. Someone needs to. I'm actually. I'm going to do this right now. No, I'm asking all of you actually. Send me when you remember Housewives have done M-Sculpt, that like stomach sculpting thing in episodes because I want to see how many times and I want to make a TikTok of it because it's enough. We get it. Same with cryotherapy. Like there's certain like things that they do as like friends and it's an activity that I'm over. I don't need to see another woman get M-Sculpt and it hurts so much more than she thought and the other friend's laughing. Like it's enough. I want to see them talk. I want to see them do something like not stupid like that. Am I alone in that? I mean – no, I don't think you're alone. Coming from my perspective, I've done M-Sculpt. Like I just – years ago, I was like, I got to see what this shit is about. And maybe I just have a different tolerance. To me, like it did not feel at all the way that everyone makes it out to be. So I inherently watch this and I'm like, why is everyone being so dramatic here? I think it's time. Unless like M-Sculpt is making some fucking big money or they're just – I don't know. They're probably so happy. Oh, new season of Housewives. That means we're going to get a free 10-minute advertisement for all, you know, women between 18 and 70 who watch TV. Like, I just, it's done. Enough with the M-Sculpt. Hashtag no more M-Sculpt scenes. See, that's how I feel about cool sculpt. (laughs) Yeah. No, cryotherapy. That's what I'm saying. Oh, cry. That was you said it. You broke up for a second. I heard therapy. I didn't, I didn't hear it. I didn't know yeah. what you said. Cryotherapy. Oh, yeah. Another thing I've done, but I actually don't think they're being dramatic. That was cold as fuck. My nipples were so hard when I did cryo. I just don't, I don't need to see them do it anymore. I get it. It was like funny 10 years ago. It's just not funny anymore. Yeah. But that's my only bone to pick. So thank you all for listening. Yeah, I'm glad you listened. It's important to get their thoughts out. Um, <laughs> anything else that you would like to mention about anything? I think that's it. What a week. What a week. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up, but specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.